Hello and welcome to the Mobile Home Park Expert Podcast. I'm Jason Sroden, joined by my partner in crime, Glenn Esterson. And today we're going to be talking about the risks of debt in the mobile home park industry. As we all know, interest rates are rising and that's going to have an effect on a lot of things, especially in the real estate business. So we're here with Glenn today. Glenn's going to kind of give us his scoop on everything. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, current events and what's happening um, on the mobile home park side. Glenn, how are you today? I'm doing well, just, you know, kicking through the day, enjoying my life. And, uh, you know, this topic is a big one. You know, it's, it's definitely a very hot topic right now. Where, what's happening with interest rates, how it's going to impact everything, real estate, otherwise. And, you know, why are they raising interest rates? Um, you know, and so it's, it's questions I hear every day lately. And it's, it's very uh, impactful to our industry specifically and, and virtually all the, other, all the other real estate industries because the interest rate is a mitigating fact of, you know, a baseline from where we are able to push value, right? So it's one of the big levers. And if you have a higher interest rate that's, you know, you know, available to the, the majority of investors, then that's going to push your cap rate up higher in most circumstances um, because most investors need a certain amount of spread between the interest rate and the cap rate in order to meet their returns, you know, and, you know, taken with a grain of salt, you know, most investors are looking for about a three-point spread, uh, which is about a 20% 10-year uh, IRR, okay? And that's, you know, that's a pretty typical model that's stayed tried and true for a very long time. Um, and with interest rates going higher and our cap rates being at historically low numbers, there's no spread to absorb that. So it means everything's going to have to kind of climb with it. Um, and, and why we're, we're seeing this right now, I mean, we've been in historically low interest rates for a phenomenal amount of time at this point. You know, years we've been at, you know, very, very low interest rates. Um, and it was necessary because we were coming out of a humdinger of a recession 10, you know, 10 12 years ago. And, you know, then the COVID started and, you know, just, just as we got back to full recovery, we, we had the COVID thing come and to help support the economy. They dropped interest rates even lower and hopefully all of us took advantage of it at that time, uh, especially on long-term debt. Um, you know, like with my house, I was able to refinance it at like two and a half or 3% interest, something insane. Now, now that's fixed for, you know, 30 years. And I feel very comfortable with that, but if I'm an investor, I probably did a different kind of loan most of the time. You probably did either a bridge loan or you did a, uh, a loan with a balloon that maybe has a three, five, seven, 10 year term. And if you have a five, seven or 10 year term, you're maybe not as worried, but if you have less than that, you're really probably thinking about, uh oh, I'm gonna have to refinance in a year or two or three, what are interest rates gonna look like that? And what did I model in my projections as to my exit cap rate or my refinance cap rate or my refinance interest rate when my bridge loan or short-term debt loan comes due. And so I have a feeling some people are going to find themselves in for a rude awakening, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, we've seen just since October, 
interest rates go up almost a full point on what we're being told from our mortgage brokers when we're quoting a deal. The same absolutely sexy deal that we could have gotten, you know, two and a half to three percent interest on, you know, six, seven months ago. Um, we're probably being told somewhere around three and a half percent interest right now, and maybe as high as you know four percent. Um, and if you're in a subpar deal or in a subpar market, or you know going after a deal that is uh, maybe a community bank deal, those, those deals are all now around four and a half to five percent interest. And oops, sorry, I think maybe your cap, your five cap, just went out the door. In most cases here, because if I can only get, like I was saying earlier, uh, a debt interest rate of you know four and a half percent, and you're a fully stabilized park that six months ago I could have gotten you out at the five cap, you're probably now closer to a six cap or a six and a half cap, uh, depending on the quality of the park and the location, you know these other factors. But that's that's an impactful amount of discount on your value. Um, so. If you're thinking of selling in the next few years and you're already out of upside options in your deal, all that's really left is, is you know, responsibly raising rents to keep up with inflation from that point. You are probably going to be losing value, um, you know, when you go to sell at that time, especially if interest rates keep climbing, which some some people are saying, you know, it, it needs to go to a 7% interest rate. Okay, just to keep up with inflation. Now that's on the far end of the extreme of what people are saying, um, but that's that's a lot. That's that's a lot of interest rate growth. We know the Fed has already kind of committed to going up a, a point to a point and a half by the end of the year. Okay, and I, I think in the next few days they're going to announce their first hike. Um, you know, and, and it, it, I'm curious to see if they're going to do just a quarter point or if they're going to do you know, a, a half point or something like that, which would be a little aggressive, um, but some people are calling for that. So if you're a seller in the next few years and you want to get maximum price, well, I think maximum price might've been six months ago. Um, so now is the best time because it's probably not getting back to that number until we go through the cycle of ways. Um, so if you're not a seller, no problem. Hopefully you got good long-term debt to get you through. Um, if you're not bleeding, you should be fine. If you're up against a, a bridge loan or something that's coming due in the next year, I would I would really be you know very cautious and 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 working to getting some de long-term debt secured ASAP, even if it's going to hurt your bottom line right now because you haven't finished your improvements yet. I would be cautious uh, about taking short-term debt on or uh, not refinancing my debt as soon as possible. Do you think that this is going to impact deal flow? Yes, I think it will. I think a lot of sellers that are finally getting getting motivated are going to come to learn that it's not as frothy as it was six months ago. You know, I just went through, um, I just went through an evaluation on a large portfolio that, uh, and I've worked with this guy before. And he was re reluctant to sell um, about six, seven, eight months ago. And, you know, he, he came to me last week and said, hey, I'm ready to do it now. He was hoping for a number, a pretty big number that probably was close to achievable, you know, six months ago. Unfortunately, my, my new valuation that came in was only at about 80 percent of the number that he wanted, 75, 80 percent. And he's not a seller and he's realizing 
he might have to hold out. If that's his true number that he needs, he might have to hold out for a while and continue improving. Um, and this is a, you know, tens of millions of dollars type of deal, you know? Um, so it's at that scale, that one point decompression is extremely impactful on your valuation. Um, and then from other sellers, similar type of thing, it's we've, we've had to go back and reprice a lot of deals in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, for everything that we priced in Q4, you know, and, and, and late Q3, we're having to reprice now. So we've been getting new debt quotes on all the deals that haven't gone under contract. Um, so we are able to reset expectations with the sellers that, hey, I think I think your values come down a little bit and we have to meet the market if you're trying to sell. And that's been some pretty tough discussions with a lot of different sellers not really understanding how how three or four months ago it could have been this frothy number. And now today it's, you know, discounted 10% or whatever it is. Um, and then buyers, they're they're starting to challenge the deals that they're under contract with because the the debt situation. You know, if they haven't got the debt locked in right now, either through a forward rate lock or just through you know getting a good loan, um, they're they're starting to get a little squirrely. And I have a feeling you're going to start seeing some more retrading uh, than we would typically you know see. Um, and I have a feeling less seasoned brokers are probably dealing with more retrades than, than usual. Um, so it's it's still a seller's market by all standards, you know, but this debt is having a big impact on it. And it might it might take some of the some of the air out of this bubble that we're in, you know, which is probably necessary, you know. But uh, I think the same thing people are saying about the stock market, right? Like it, it's same thing people are saying about the stock market. It was overvaluated, and now it's just coming back to a, a more sensible place. Um, what are the risks of getting in, if you're thinking about getting into the mobile home park investing space during this time as we move into high inflation? You know, some people don't want to sit back and just wait for the next oh, round. Okay, the, yeah. What 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 should, should be the, going the on? The best hedge against inflation is cash flowing real estate. Period. Okay, and as long as you you know keep your revenues to match you know the inflation that's happening, you're, you're going to be fine. Uh, it's the safest place to be. In. But if you're leveraging your deal, this is where the cautionary tale comes in. You should really be aiming for long term debt or at least seven year debt right now. You know, in my opinion. You know, maybe five is fine as well, but uh, I'm a scaredy pants. So I'd be looking at seven or 10 year debt. Why? And if I'm in it, because who knows how long the dip lasts, you know, how long, how, how, how aggressive for how many years does the Fed need to keep high interest rates to offset the trillions of dollars they, they just manufactured into the economy out of just, you know, thin air. What about a refi? Uh, refi as well. If you're going to refi, refi into longer term debt. No, but you, know? you could. Well, well, I'm just asking. Could I do something that was shorter term during this time with the idea of, hey, I'm going to be able to refi this? Yeah, but you might be refining at a higher interest rate. You know, so because right now okay, rates gotcha. are at, you know, four or five percent, they might go up to seven percent. Right. No, I'm saying when they do go up to 7%, right, rather than sitting back and, you know, could you do a short term and then say, I'm going to go after this 
I'm going to go after a new loan later, or is that just too risky? I think for me, it's too risky. Okay. For me, it's too risky. And if I'm a, if I'm an investor and, you know, value add products have been all the rage for the last couple of years and, and, you know, apples to apples, you're paying more for value add right now because of the pro forma on it than you are for a stabilized deal. Okay. Like if you think it through, right. Yeah. And so if I'm a value add buyer, I'm probably getting stuck with some less uh, sexy debt, like a bridge loan or something that's only going to be a couple years. So I can have some interest only on my loan to be able to cash flow off of my lower occupancy that I'm probably buying into. Um, and considering the timeline for deliveries on homes right now, okay, you're probably not going to be able to improve that cash flow all that well from an occupancy standpoint for 12 months. And, you know, if you only got one year IO or a two year bridge loan or something like that, you're really going to be pressed up against the gun and you have to really consider how you're modeling that into your offer and not just thinking that, you know, you can still get away with, you know, uh, using a, a four or 5% exit cap rate and model to a three or 4% interest rate. It's, you know, those days are gone, I think, for the next couple of years. So what do you, like you mentioned a second ago about the um, mobile home park house short, home shortage, right? But then you also have a housing shortage in general, right? Which is driving demand. How do you th- see those two things stacking up with interest rates? Like, could there be some leveling with prices going up in general? And then, you know, so that the, you know, maybe the cap rates... But, you know, with residential, so we all, it, it, COVID for better or worse, put a, a stall on almost all developments, right? So, new, you know, housing developments, you know, slowed to, to a crawl um, and, you know, apartment developments and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. They just weren't getting built for the last two years. So it really got us to fill all the occupant, all the vacancy that was left in there. And that then created more uh, you know, restricted the supply, right, of the available occupancy. So that started pushing rents significantly. And, you know, we've seen some monster rent types, you know, in all industries for, you know, all residential industries for the last, you know, you know year or two. Um, but with MH having, you know, a 12-month uh, delivery time, you know, to get a new home right now, and those homes are just, you know, crawling, you know, just creeping higher and higher in value. Okay, and the resale value of these homes is starting to go through the roof too. That you're going to have a hard time getting that inventory in time before your refinance needs to happen for a bridge loan. Okay, so you're in a bridge loan, you have two years to get your upside done before you refinance into a permanent loan that would have a longer term. But in two years, this interest rate might be 7%. And that's the problem is if you were buying today at a five cap and you have to refinance into a seven cap and you haven't filled your upside to be able to offset the debt at a 7% interest rate, you, you can be hurt. You know, you can be upside down. Yep. Uh, and so these are all the caution, you know, cautionary things that we're hearing from buyers and why so they're having some hesitation on uh, flexing as much on prices as they were a few months ago. Um, now, not, this is yet to yet to be seen, right? This is all predictive type of, you know, 
analysis behavior. Um, we're not saying it will happen, but it sure seems like the writing's on the wall. Um, so if I'm a buyer right now, I'm probably trying to convince my investors that we should be looking at the stabilized deals right now because A, they're, 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 they're better priced for long-term, right? They already have the occupancy and the revenues. You can get good long-term debt on a stabilized deal and get your, you know, five, six, seven cap, whatever it might be. Um, and that would help, that will help you with your value add cash flows if you end up having to take an interest rate that is maybe not as uh, hopeful as you had predicted, because now you have a nice stabilized base that's going to give you your cash flows to offset any destabilization in the value add market. Glenn, as always, you are a wealth of information. Appreciate you taking us through that and probably saving me some money if I ever tried to do some dumb refinancing schemes. So thanks a lot. If you want more information from Glenn, you can go to his website, the mhpexpert.com. That's mhpexpert.com. And you can hit up Glenn at gesterson at the mhpexpert.com. And then also uh, you can reach Glenn at his phone number. It's, uh, oh dear, here we are again, Glenn. 720-MHP4U. Yeah, you got it. 720-MHP4U, Y-O-U. Glenn, thanks a lot. Thank you all for watching. Please hit us up with ideas, comments, concerns, and we will see you next time.